Hello, and welcome to Soul Aligned CEO Podcast, the show that shares the stories of entrepreneurs from all around the world who have started businesses and they are doing that soul aligned. I'm your host, Jenny Mori, and on today's episode, this is part two of how I started this podcast in 30 days. Now, if you missed part one, go back and listen to that one because that goes over all of the creative and people organizing steps of setting up a podcast. And in this episode today, part two, I'm going to share with you the more technical and kind of functional operational aspects of setting up a podcast. So things like the equipment, editing and recording software, the actual recording of the podcast, and then finally publishing your podcast and submitting it to directories. So welcome to part two of how I started this podcast in 30 days. So let's get started. So if you left off from part one, you have your podcast topic and theme, you have your show format, you've got some cover art being worked on, you've decided about the music, and if you're having guests on your show, you are organizing them so that they are prepared. Now, the next thing that I thought about as I was setting up this podcast is equipment. And, you know, for many of us that are at home, working from home, doing other things from home, we might already have some equipment that would be good starting places for the podcast. Now, for me, although I teach um, as part of my business and I do have different microphones and lights, I decided that those were two things that I was going to invest in new pieces of equipment. So the first things that I bought, and I'm looking at them on either side here, are my lights. And so my lights, I absolutely love them. They are LumiCube lights, and they are, let's see if I can show them here. They're little square lights on a stand. And for me, these are perfect because they give the effect of studio lighting without having those big box um, lights that like photographers use. These are on stands that go up and down and you can tilt them forward and back to kind of give you um, perfect angled lighting from both sides. And so I got these LumiCube lights on Amazon. There's a bunch of different brands that offer similar things. Um, but for me, I felt like these would work really good. Um, and I would also be able to use them if I was recording something on my phone or down in my kitchen recording cooking videos. So while they were a little bit of an investment, I felt like it was worth it. Now, there are other types of lights that you can like clip on to your laptop that you can use almost like old school ring lights, you know, so there are a lot of different options. And actually, if you 
you know, have a space where you live that faces a really bright window where the sun is coming in, that can serve as a really great natural lighting. And then you just need to kind of be aware of what time you're recording. But the lighting is important. And so I definitely would suggest playing around with it and seeing how, you know, your space is lit um, at different times of the day. And then if you have some lamps or old ring lights that you want to see if it will work for you, you know, definitely try those. But I would say lighting is one thing that it doesn't hurt to put a small investment in, especially if you think you're going to be recording podcasts and, you know, even using for other things on social media. So again, I chose the LumiCube lights. You can get little box lights like this um, on Amazon. Um, so I highly, highly recommend lights. The second thing that I decided to purchase is a microphone. Um, so you can see right here, I decided to go with a Blue Yeti microphone, kind of a basic podcast recording mic. And this is the one thing as I look back on the 30 days that I put this all together that I wish I would have done a little bit more research on. So I took the recommendation of a friend that also does podcasting and that this was the mic that they used. I then simply researched it a little bit and kind of looked at the reviews and decided that, you know, it was, you know, seemed good enough and was in my price range. Um, after I bought the Blue Yeti, I then started looking at other articles about different microphones and different types of microphones, like non-compressor mics, compressor, um, and really started to educate myself a little bit more on sound quality. Now, I'm not in any way an audiovisual person, um, but I do wish I would have kind of thought through, you know, what were the things that were going to be important to me with a microphone. Now, what I do like about the Blue Yeti here is that it's really easy to use. It's a USB plug into my computer. Um, there's simple um, kind of twist and, you know, alignment of the microphone, and it comes in a really nice stand. So that's really handy. Um, there aren't a ton of different knobs and buttons, which is really great for me. Um, there's a volume button if you're using headphones. And then on the back, there are some setting buttons that I've had to play around with a little bit just to get the type of quality that I would like. Now, you know, everyone has favorite microphones and you can read reviews about all of them. There's definitely pros and cons to each type of microphone. And some people swear by the Blue Yeti and other people don't like it at all. Um, for me right now, I think that it does a decent job. Um, I do want to consider maybe in the future a different type of microphone just to see if I like that sound quality better. Um, but for now, um, my microphone that I got will do. 
So those are really the two pieces of equipment that I invested in. And again, you know, it's, that's something that you have to decide, you know, what's right for you. You might have things that you can use already. And so I would say, you know, start where you're at, see if it works for you. And then if not, you know, look at, you know, different options and just research them and just make sure you have a good foundation of what you're getting um, before you purchase them. So that's equipment. So then the next thing that I looked at was software. Now, coming from a consulting background where the majority of my business deals with software, I knew that I was going to need some sort of software to one, help me record and two, help me edit. Now, of course, in this day and age, you can always open up Zoom and record and download straight from there. But I, again, was kind of thinking about how can I have a one-stop shop to really make the whole process a little bit easier for me? So I started researching different platforms and was actually really surprised at how many different types of software platforms there are out there that provide a bunch of different types and levels of services. So again, for me, I was really looking for something that was easy because I'm new to this. You know, I had no exposure (laughs) to starting a podcast prior to a month ago. I'm a pretty avid listener of podcasts, both for entertainment and informational learning purposes, but I have never looked into starting, editing, recording a podcast. So what I decided to use for my recording and editing is a platform that is called Riverside FM. And Riverside FM, to me, is a really great one-stop shop. It allows you the ability to record both video and audio. So the experience, and I'm in Riverside right now, um, the experience is very similar to Zoom. So if you have guests or co-hosts that are going to join you virtually, um, they simply get a link to your studio. There's no charge for them. They don't need to download anything. Um, they'll come into your recording studio, which is really nice. So it's easy if you're having other people on your podcast. And the other thing that I really like about Riverside FM is that it gives you both the audio tracks, which I knew that I was going to need if I was going to do any editing, um, especially any editing outside of the app. And so you have a video track, you have all the audio tracks. And another thing that's really great is that it gives you the transcript. And so after you're done recording your episode, you get a full written transcript that you can look through and use that transcript. Here's the great thing to actually do editing. And so again, I was looking for something that was really easy and was going to allow me to start up this podcast in a very simple way. And so within Riverside FM, you can use the transcript to take out sections that you don't want, and it will automatically take that out of the audio and of the video. 
Now it takes a little practice to kind of get things smoothed out and so that it sounds okay, but the functionality within the editing feature is so user-friendly and I have found it just perfect for what my um, needs are with the podcast. And so from Riverside FM, you can also add your logo. You can size your video for social media feeds, for YouTube. Um, so all of these features, again, kind of all in one place. So it allows me to have not only a really great 4K quality video, um, it also allows me to have that audio file. And then from that, I can create um, what are called magic clips um, within Riverside FM, which give me little snippets that I can use for promotional promotional materials, um, for you know social media, and so that's a really nice feature also. So again, I know there are several different platforms out there, but if you're looking for something that's easy and that's all in one place, I highly suggest checking out Riverside FM. They have a free option that gives you a couple hours each month to record, and then they have different tiers and prices depending on how much um, time you want to be recording each month. So that's what I decided to use for both my recording and my editing all in one place. Perfect. So I got my lights. I have my microphone. I have my software that I'm going to use to record. And now it's kind of like lights, camera, action. Let's get started. So the next part is actually recording. So if you kind of followed along the steps from part one, you know, you have your topic you have your show format, the artwork is ready to go, you have an outline and you're organized if you're having any guests, um, now you have your equipment, and then you have the software. And so this almost last step is actually just recording your episode. And my advice about that is to just have fun with it. I have found over the last month recording episodes that the first take is often the best. Um, even when I do these solo um, episodes with just myself talking, um, sometimes, you know, it's easy to get in your head when you're sitting here talking to yourself. Um, but I find that the first time through is the most natural. And the same with guests, actually, also, because anytime we've done a second or a third take and I go back through to edit, the first one is always the best. So, you know, you're prepared, you're ready, you're passionate about your topic. And so my, my biggest suggestion with recording is to have fun with it and, you know, share what's really on your heart. So the final step in this whole process was probably the one that I had to do the most research on. And so this is your podcast is done. The video looks great. You've edited the sound. Everything is perfect. Now what? <laughs> like, how does it like get up to the podcast directories? You know, I had absolutely no 
concept of how this process worked. And so for this, I highly suggest Buzzsprout because they have a ton of informational videos that are really easy to follow that will help you on this whole journey of publishing and submitting your podcast. So once your podcast episode is complete, you can publish it. So then you get a like file of your audio and video. From there, you need to have a podcast host. So all of the places that you are familiar with listening to podcasts like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, they actually don't have your podcast on their site live. They are a directory. So the easiest way to think about this, and I'll date myself here, is like a phone book. So you remember back in the day when you had a phone book and you would look up businesses and kind of find a pizza place that you could order from? That was a directory, a listing of everything that you could choose from. And that's really what Spotify and Apple and all of these other podcast platforms are. They're a directory that are just guiding people to a menu of podcasts organized you know, by category and you have your name and description and so forth, but your podcasts don't actually live on these platforms. You have a hosting service that you load your um, podcast into and that creates an RSS feed. And so again, this whole process was something that I had to learn um, from start to finish. And I really found that um, Buzzsprout really gave useful information for free. There's a ton of videos on Buzzsprout that I decided to just go ahead and host my podcast through Buzzsprout. And again, there's free options and there's different tiers also. So depending on what your needs are. Um, For me, it just made it really easy. Buzzsprout has all the information about submitting to all the different directories, walks you through how to do that. You can easily access your RSS feed that contains your show title, your category, your description, and the actual file of your podcast. And then within Buzzsprout, it also has all the analytics. So you can see, you know, each day how much your podcast is being downloaded. Um, And they also send great informational like updates each week too. So that's the whole process. So those were the eight steps broken down into two episodes. Um, I hope you found this helpful. And, you know, if you are someone that's thinking about starting a podcast and you have questions, you know, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'm happy to help you. This has been such an incredibly fun journey for me. And I have learned so much. And I really hope that you enjoy the Soul Aligned CEO podcast. And I look forward to connecting with you soon. Thank you.